my own personal experience plants the seeds that will one day hyper accelerate the fashion paradigm and end the fashion groundhog day that we've been experiencing for the past couple decades. Then we parse through some spring runway looks and the respective reviews. In other words, pop the hood so we can see that journalism engine running. And finally, forget every figment about fabric that you know because it's wrong and the clothes you're making are wrong. But it's not me saying this. That's today on the GenSpec Fashion Cast. start someplace maybe a little bit unexpected and that's Tokyo Japan so reading from the Vogue runway app which is an app that if you don't have it and you are even aware of fashion the fashion world at all and have any sort of um, meanderings about it and if you've ever seen Project Runway at least even once that applies to you. Uh, the point being that uh, go ahead and download that app because um, it's absolutely essential. Absolutely essential. So when you look at these different uh, collections, which are laid out pretty easy to navigate, pretty high, everything's high quality. That's number one. What is the draw? For even someone who maybe is outside of the realm of it, doesn't really know what they're not, not doesn't know what they're looking at, but doesn't know where to access a large collection and be able to then start forming opinions. So that really is the best place. Now, when it comes to things along the lines of, let's say, art, fashion, design, and especially music, a personal um, thing that I do. I find myself doing is I don't like to read reviews. This is especially true when it comes to music. And the reason is, is that I have an experience when I listen to music that is subjective and I don't like it to be informed by other stuff. And that might sound pretentious on the surface, uh, but I assure you that it's not. I assure you that it's not. So maybe you've had the experience where you're listening to a song and someone has mentioned something about the song or you have a memory that's tied to the song. So what happen, What will happen is when you listen to the song, it will be really hard, if not uh, downright or outright impossible to not like to break that association. And... Uh, if it doesn't, if it isn't something that you've noticed, I have definitely noticed it, and um, yeah, you're the weird one, not me. And so, if you read something about it, and they'll say things along the lines that are pretty are interesting, but if it's like a brand new album and I want just my own personal fresh take on it, then I purposely avoid comments about the album, and I purposely avoid reviews about the album. Um, because just in the same way that I've noticed, um, in other ways, um, my tastes align with certain population parts of the population and they don't align with others. 
Um, and so that and also, you know, it will kind of sully the experience for me. And uh, if that is pretentious, I don't care because um, you can't make me stop living the way that I live. So, and I can't stop you either. So we get to enjoy our own sub subjective takes on it. So let me give you an example. If they say, you know, oh, the release date of this album got pushed back a few uh, months because, you know, the um, musician had a nervous breakdown and he said, oh, all of that stuff is garbage and he'd throw it in the trash. And then he took it and re-recorded it and spent like a few months re-recording it. Um, and then he had to push back the, the release date. And then he showed it to his publicist or, you know, the executives at the um, at the record label and they didn't like it. And so they forced him to go back to his old stuff. And um, there now there's like a whole uh, narrative that uh, is, like I said, uh, it's kind of inescapable. That's in my mind when I'm listening to the the music. So some people, I think, enjoy that. Um, I think that that's why. A lot of people, especially I've noticed this with film, is that they'll know all of the trivia that goes behind it. Like, you know, this shot took three takes or there's a famous one where there's a scene in um, Indian Jones where um, Harrison Ford is in front of this uh, man with the turban and he has a scimitar and he is doing this elaborate uh, scimitar swing, you know, trying to show off. And I think he does like a, a kick or something like a flying dragon kick or something. And Harrison Ford kind of looks at him and he's like, oh, he, his face is kind of like, you know, un unimpressed. And then he takes this gun out and just shoots him. And then the guy like jumps up in the air and, and dies with a uh, impressive flare. And apparently that scene was uh, not in the script it was because Harrison Ford had to really had to go to the bathroom. Apparently this is a, a legend, whether or not it's true. Um, it is, um, something that, I mean, it even, even to this day, I haven't seen that movie in, you know, two decades or something. Um, but I remember the trivia and, uh, in that sense, I think it's cool. But, um, again, with things like music, um, there are a few albums that I've been listening to lately that, yeah, I, I've enjoyed them all um, on my own, and um, the memories that I have with it, uh, with uh, some of the songs or the albums or lyrics in them, is that I uh, bring it up to people and talk to them about it, and maybe they'll say, no, that's garbage, you know, or they'll also enjoy it, or whatever the case may be, so, and... Um, so I've always thought it was weird, especially because they'll be like, oh, this album, um, we give it a 6 out of 10 because, you know, whatever the case may be. And I'm like, okay. And um, with that being said, I think everyone has their own personal tastes. Some have um, a better sense of it more than others, for sure. So if someone says, yeah... Um, this album, it just, it, it wasn't really good. You know, they, um, it was really contrived, you know, they put, uh, their electric guitars, they put a ton of reverb on them and then they 
they uh, panned them wide when they mixed it down. And uh, yeah, it just, it really, uh, it sounded like uh, really Jack Jack White from um, White Stripes. You know, it's all been done before. So if someone has like um, input like that, it's like, okay. Um, it's like, you may be right, but it's like, honestly, like who, who cares? Like who cares? Um, so when it comes to a publication in that, in that sense, so that's why I find, yeah, reviews themselves are funny or sometimes let me give you another example. People will say, cause I don't really watch a, a whole lot of movies. Um, I listen to music and I read articles and uh, read books and stuff, and I don't watch a lot of movies. And so some people will say that a movie is good or bad, and a lot of times they, um, this is just something I've noticed. And uh, so uh, if you're a movie a movie goer, please don't uh, take offense to this. Uh, I just observe you strange creatures from afar, and so they uh, will sometimes kind of um assume that there's like a general consensus like oh yeah no that movie wasn't wasn't good like i can tell you it wasn't good as if it was an objective fact and it's like well what what made it good or bad um and um where's the tipping point is it like okay so if it was like if you were to rate it 70 points out of 100 that's like bad so it would have needed like five more points. Was it from the shots that they used? Was it the music? Was it the story? Did they need different actors? Maybe he, the lead uh, actor, just uh, got news that his mom died. And so he like couldn't act in the rom- rom-com or something. Maybe that's why it was bad. If you know that fact, does that make that make you more sympathetic with the points? And now maybe it'll tip it into bad or good. So, uh, maybe I'm just being overly critical, but here's the other thing too, is that with the song, for example, or even a, a, a style, stylistic choice, it has, uh, infinitely more replay value. And that's another thing that I've noticed about movies as well, is that people will look back on them and remember the, they'll remember key scenes or they'll remember different ideas that were executed, but, a lot of times people don't go back and like sit down and rewatch it. You know, I have very fond memories of the matrix, the first one from 1999, um, because it was a really cool idea and it had really cool concepts, really cool imagery at the time. You know, the wraparound shades were actually cool. They weren't super dorky back then. And like wearing like leather trench coats and stuff, um, was actually cool. It didn't like make people think that you should, uh, they should be concerned about you. But, um, and then I like the idea of Neo, you know, and that's like the pre, the prefix for new. So he's like a new man. That's kind of a cool idea. Um, the agents, you know, agent Smith. So all of these things that I remember about it, you know, he goes to see the Oracle, who's just a lady that lives in an apartment and she has this like psychic kid for some reason and he can bend a spoon with his mind. So, um, but I am likely not going to, unless I'm feeling like extremely nostalgic, I'm not going to spend money or even like try to go find it for free and rewatch The Matrix. 
and it's uh, the reason is is that um, I have no reason to, and I've also noticed that people don't do that either. So they're different in that sense. For example, there are people who are big fans of like the superhero movie genre, and so they'll say, "Yeah, I really liked I don't know uh, one off the top of my head is like." Guardians of the Galaxy, or like they'll say, like, I like Iron Man. In fact, someone I know was like, yeah, the second one is the best one. Um, and it's like, well, when, when do you, when are you going to watch it again? You know, or how often do you watch it? And the answer, and rightfully so, is like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when I'm going to watch it again. And uh, I, I've seen it like maybe, we've seen it like three times. That's like a big number for a movie. Like, I love that movie so much. I've seen it, you know, four times. Um, everyone else just saw it once. I've seen it four times. Um, and so it's different because you also now have to rely on your memory to fill in the blanks. And then also the like tropes, which are apparently a lot more deep seated than is readily apparent. Um, if you've read uh, Jordan Peterson, the second book, which is called Beyond Order, it's a follow up to um 12, 12 rules for life. It's uh, 12 more rules beyond order. He talks about the, um, the shared themes in storytelling and how that kind of evolved with us. With that being said, not everyone likes to sit down and be told a story. Um, maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe it's not a bad thing. But I get uh, bored to tears um, when someone tries to impart a story upon me <laughs> this whole um this whole uh instance of this program is just me um self-aggrandizing so um enjoy so those are the differences um you don't get repeat usage out of uh movies and um they are uh, really boring to me. I'm sorry. I was born this way. And so that's why I find it interesting that as far as I saw, every single collection in the Vogue runway app, Vogue being one of like the biggest names, and they're owned by a company called Cond Nast. Um, it's like some shadow organization because you never hear Cond Nast. You only hear Vogue. Um, okay, so if you get their app, Vogue Runway, it's a separate app than like the Vogue article, which you can read magazines if you um, are subscribed. But they cut out about... 60 to 80 percent of the ads and for a lot of people the ads really are the best part or one of the best parts and also it is not optimized for your screen um they did i think the best job that they could have done but for example if there's like a really long like a, let's say a shot that takes up both pages on the magazine what they do is they still have you hold your phone uh portrait wise right you know long the long way up, up and down long ways but you scroll a little bar on the bottom from left to right to view the whole image and 
so you can never look at the image all at once. Um, I think just by by the 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 method or um, it's it's um, it's intrinsic to the way that it that they're presenting it, but they don't have any other way to present it aside from like on your phone, um, which is why it's ironic that it's presented in an app because the app um, is counterintuitive to what it is that they're presenting. I mean, they literally design the 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 fully the full length ones to to take up that whole space that's their whole canvas if you will so they have uh reviews and i don't uh i went in uh going in i was like what is this going to be like because again if you even if i read a a review um for let's say an album that I just started listening to and I really liked and I read a review and someone's like yeah this is like their worst album um and I hate it for these reasons and uh top 10 reasons why this album is their most embarrassing to date um even if you know I disagreed with all of that um when I was looking at this information I was kind of just like well what are they going to say about it and you would think it would be commentary on like let's say convention so which also happens in music because a lot of times again I think it's maybe just a way that our brains process stuff you automatically compare it to something else so they'll say like this sounds like John Mayer um in his early this sounds like early John Mayer he's bringing the sounds of early John Mayer but he's mixing it with the horn section of 1920s jazz or something so we contextualize a lot of our reception of that piece based on things that we've already interpreted in the past and then also if we liked those things or disliked those things that's also going to color your perception because of course it would. So um, I kind of went in expecting that they would do that. You know, they would say, well, um, it's got all the black and white of um, Karl Lagerfeld. You know, it, it screams early, you know, and, and the fashion world goes extremely deep. I mean, we're going to cover some really obscure people. This is not, you know, East St. Laurent or Polo Ralph Lauren or coach and those things are all in here but those are remnants of the past daddy -o. and in design as well as in art we've been too stagnant for too long way too stagnant you want to know why because we've turned completely inward and assumed that what we're able to provide is um, sufficient, that we could do it all within ourselves and that that would be sufficient. And something has come along 
that has dramatically changed the paradigm. And um, I certainly didn't expect it at the beginning of this year. Um, it was a different experience, to say the least. And um, I don't think I can, even if I wanted to, look at <laughs> any creative output um, ever again in the same way. Um, but I'm fine. I've, um, you know, I've gone through my catharsis already, so don't don't worry about me. No, please, just yeah. Um, it's okay. I'll be I'll be all right. Um, but one thing that I do notice is that when I show um, things that are like AI generated, a lot of people use words like spooky or creepy or weird or things along that those lines. Um, so there's a lot of discomfort, but um, not for me. I uh, am fully in love with it because, you know, I got a lot of flack for... Um, this is all just about revenge. That's really what it all boils down to. So I got flack for the major that I chose for college, which was English. And um, I think part of that also is that there's a sort of like cliche um, um, that people will say like, oh yeah, like I'm horrible at, at writing papers or like English was my least favorite subject. And um, that's totally fine because I always say like, oh, I'm horrible at math, like I'm math illiterate. And I'm, I sort of believe that you can be like good at, you tend to be good at like one or the other. But I've also noticed that that's not necessarily true. Um, I use words and read and write and verbalize maybe about, you know, a hundred times to one uh, that I do use numbers or math or any sort of calculation. But if I need to, like, for example, I was driving Uber this weekend for just some some extra Fetty, you know, little walking around money. And um, I have to calculate for myself because there's no one that will do it for me that I can call. Or if there is, like, they're going to want a slice and um, I don't roll that way if I can do it myself. So you have to figure out how much, you know, you're making and minus your gas. So um, that's about it. Only when it involves um, spending money. So um, the reason why I bring that up is because language, and this is so like inverse of, of everything, which is maybe why a lot of visual people are freaking out. And to be clear, I grew up a, as a visual person. I started off as a graphic designer major, and I started off drawing as a kid, like nonstop. And I never really um, wrote a whole lot. I did like from here and there. Um, but most of my like verbal creativity was like freestyle rapping and stuff, um, which uh, I can still do to this day. If you uh, get me, you know, litty enough at the party, I'll just go. Or if, um, you know, someone wants to battle, um, big mistake. And um, so that was about it, which is, it's all about rhymes. It's not necessarily about 
um, putting information from my head into yours in the same way. And, uh, which by the way, you know, fiction as well, fiction is very, um, like if you, if you took four hours and read a novel, you know what, we won't, we won't go there, but the only, um, and, and you looked back at it and you said, man, that was a good novel. <laughs> that was the four hours that went in and they're like, you know, that told me a really great story. Wow. I really, that, I really enjoyed that story. Man, that was a good story for that I read. Four hours, yeah. And I'm a fast reader, you know. Um, and uh, that's uh, like people who read like the fiction, and uh, like man, the, the character development, boy oh boy. It's like, so you gonna read it again tonight? No, I already read it. It's on my shelf, and uh, it'll be at half price books uh, in a decade. So that's what I think of your stories. No one can refute what's right there in front of their eyes. Unless they're delusional. And um, to be fair, I don't go back and look at paintings that I love. Although I, I do from time to time. Just revisit them. Like uh, Primavera by uh, Caravaggio. Love that painting. All right. So we're going to we're going to switch over before we crack into the reviews and then also just absolutely decimate the fashion world. And by decimate I mean um piecemeal it and uh analyze it like um you know chicken entrails um to read the future, which is like something people do. So, um, we're going to jump back to this um, article that really changed um, changed my life as of like two weeks ago because of. Okay, so here here's another thing that's funny. Let me tell you something that's that's funny and cool. So using an AI image generator of this like level that's this advanced. I mean, there's a picture. This I have a Vogue magazine in front of me, the actual one. And this is from, let's see, this is September. So that's this month. Today's the 10th. Um, and so this has dramatically changed my life. Um, because it introduced me to the concept of AI image generation. <clears throat> and it's in an article about um, basically like bemoaning the, the issue. And then again, um, as I mentioned um, on the last show, that uh, there's kind of a fault in their uh, argument. And uh, if I'm wrong, hey, feel free to, ch- feel free to refute. Uh, my email is l at lambdog.store. Send me an email and let me know why I'm wrong. But their um, basic premise is that we're going to start focusing on handmade goods. And this is another thing that you'll notice if you look through the runway app. Um, they're focusing on shears, things that are sheer. I know that the like, let your, you know what's poke through your shirt 
is like a in look. Uh, you see it on like Kendall Jenner. I'm sure you see it on other celebrity celebrities, and you also see it on some of the the runway looks. Um, the gender bending. Um, I mean, with this like level of technology, this is sort of imaging technology, and I'll get into some of the specifics. The gender bending takes like a backseat. Like, it's like okay. It, you can, like in one of these that I saw, and uh, let me go ahead and find the, the name of it. There is a, so when you look at these these runways, um, these runway images, some of them will say things like ready to wear, which is a term that's, you know, used in fashion, meaning that um, there are some that are more artistic and there are some that are considered ready to wear, you know. And if everything was boxed in and um, and it was something that necessarily you would buy, like an end end level like consumer product, right? Like if I'm Old Navy, you know, I'm not trying to sell you a piece of art. I'm trying to sell you a cheap, let's say V-neck shirt. So if I'm going to advertise it to you or make you aware that I have V-neck shirts for you, there's no like fluff. I'm going to sell you on maybe whatever the whatever the aspect is of old navy that you know that they are catering to maybe people have like a nostalgia and it's kind of like americana like even the name like old navy and um you know it's been around for god knows how long and um it's also pretty cost effective also i think that this is just me speculating but i think another thing that they try to do is make it known that you can go there and get socks, jeans, anything you want. And it's kind of like a one-stop shop. So maybe kind of like a target, but without all the food and electronics, it's like you go in there, you can get a belt, you can get some shoes, you can get pants, you can get underwear, you can get whatever you need. So if you are the type of person who, you know, just wants to deck yourself out head to toe in old Navy, you can totally do that. Um, will you get made fun of? Yes, you will get made fun of. Uh, will I do it? Probably not, because um, I've I I try to have tact, but I will notice if you're wearing nothing but Old Navy, especially if you have one of those ones with the flags on it that they release every Fourth of July. Um, I I I won't say anything to you, and I won't say anything to other people. But um, sure, yeah, I'll I'll you know. I'll have some thoughts. I mean, you're bringing it on yourself. So that is not the appeal here by any by by any stretch of the imagination. And you know, another thing I noticed is how deeply ingrained New York is with this, um, and you know, I just was over there less than uh less than or a little over a month ago and i can recognize some of the i I happen to see some of the um backgrounds that are in some of the ads for example um there's one that's at the close to the beginning of this um magazine this one right here it's for michael kors and whatever that arch is that's in um like right outside of, um, I think it's like going from Manhattan into Brooklyn. And then you can see it again in this um, second picture. 
and then it's there's a green sign that says Broadway downtown it's pointing to the left right next to that arch which I think is supposed to resemble the one that's in Paris which I've actually seen uh, but that's not a flex or anything I'm not flexing but yeah I went to Paris uh, mon chéri qu'est-ce que c'est mon dieu mon dieu je m'appelle Je m'appelle. Okay. So, um, yeah, New York is just, man, it's baked into the bloody cake, man. Um, and I've also noticed Japan as well. So, interestingly enough, an article that is um, whining, I guess, for lack of a better word. Well, they're, they're freaked out, you know, their, their livelihood is at stake. Um, I thought similarly of ChatGPT, and ChatGPT is extremely capable. Don't get me wrong. I even have the like paid version because it's apparently better and um i I do notice you know it, it's easy to be like oh my gosh now like no one's gonna write anything um and that may be true for some people but um i still write all of my articles and the reason why is because chat gpt writes like um like a non-person you know it doesn't it, it doesn't have a soul and it can't read your emotions and it's just a conglomerate of like human ideas that have already existed and have uh, been published into public. So it doesn't take into account any sort of private information, private thoughts, private writing. Um, it's moderated, so it's not um, uncensored. It uh, is. It has a piece of quote unquote personality removed by that by that fact because it's filtering through a group of people. Um, and ultimately, it it can mimic someone's style, but it can't generate any sort of um, organic style, stylistic choices of its own accord. Um, it, it obviously has parameters, because if I ask it something, uh, for example, I was hanging out with my friend's kid who is only in kindergarten and he started doing like a crab walk and I, and it was completely wrong and I said that's not how crabs walk they walk like this and I started moving side to side and like clamping my hands because that's how crabs walk and I was like yeah they don't walk forward they walk side to side like this and um, one of my friends who was there um, was like no there there are crabs who can that can walk forward and um, I was like, I'm, I'm sure, um, I'm sure there are, but I was like, oh, I know, I have ChatGPT. I'll just go ahead and ask ChatGPT. And so I was like, you know, are, are there any crabs that walk forward and not side to side or something like that? And um, it was like, yes, um, the coconut crab is one of the crabs species that can walk forward, and coconut crabs are those like massive nasty looking um like they're the size of like a small like of a it's gonna say a small cat more like a small dog or a big cat like a Maine Coon cat so um yeah this is um you know so so as a repository for that type of information that's fine and so what it does is it gives me a piece of information, but it doesn't write a whole like 
It doesn't write a whole dissertation about crabs. Now, how does it know to do that? I mean, maybe it's the machine learning and it knows, you know, if I'm asking a question like, hey, do, do all crabs walk sideways? It knows to say, you know, nope, they don't. Actually, here's one that doesn't, you know, as opposed to. So in other words, it has those constraints kind of maybe they're built in. Maybe they are just learned. I mean, it is called machine learning after all. But it knows that you're not looking for a, a college, like, master's, like, paper on it, you know. You're not asking for, like, you know, start from the beginning. Like, well, you know, the first crustaceans were found in the, um, uh, what's that, that boom? Or the, the Cambrian explosion, you know. Uh, that's when we found horseshoe crabs, which are still alive today. Horseshoe crabs you know, have eight legs and all this crap, you know. It could have, but it, it didn't. So it has uh, parameters built in. Um, and so because of that, it can't generate any any new ideas. Um, and so that's, uh, you know, you can use it as a tool, and I do all the time. But I will sometimes, and this is something that I noticed that was different, is before... I would ask it for its sources, and it would actually provide the sources. It would say, oh, here's the article I referenced. It's like, it doesn't tell you right out, um, but it's like, when you're like, oh, that's that's a really interesting point. Well, where's, what's the source for that? It's like, um, cr- uh, crabchat.net um, slash articles slash archive slash 1998. And um, it was like, Here's here's my source. But now when you ask it, it's like, I am a database. My data stops at 2021, but I am a database. When you ask me a question, I query the database. And it doesn't provide any real sources. So what are you, what are you hiding, OpenAI? Not so open, are you? Ch- maybe change that name. You're not very open. There's nothing very open about a closed AI system like that. So now it'll just tell you that it's a uh, repository, which it certainly is. So this article bemoaning AI imaging, which also heavily relies on on language, oddly enough, has the um, designers shaking in their boots. And I don't blame them because if you spend any sort of time on, um, let's say this isn't the one that I prefer, but let's say Dolly and you are, you know, very, and the ones that I, uh, you know, spend the most time in, you can be extremely hyper-specific. So let me give you an example. This is, this is why um, it has completely consumed me in the way that it has, because first of all, you know, I am the most proficient out of anything that is creative or creative not just in the sense of you know making a piece of art but of something that you're creating you know so I write articles that are about different topics and so I've written that article there's a start point where I start the article start working on the article and then I finish it and I say here's the article publish it people can consume it you know and um, but it's not like flowery it's not it's it's just simple and straightforward. I'm making a case, maybe 
talking about something that is interesting or thought provoking, but it's not meant to be ornate um, or um, it's not it's not artistic in that sense, but it's still creative. Um, So when you um, are good with language, you can really, really inject quite a bit into it, um, which again, I mean, I almost, you got to feel bad almost for these designers, for some of them, because it's not about the craftsmanship as we like had touched on last time. I mean, it's not even about how creative you can get with the fabrics or anything like that, um, because it's about the overall design. And in the same way that ChatGPT is drawing from the all of the like history of human experience, um, as far as it comes to language and information and uh, ca- cataloging that information, the as far as I can tell, imaging, machine learning, um, user like available that are like engines that are available to the public. Um, they can pull all of that information and they aggregate it, and then so when you ask it for something, it's it's going to give you it's going to draw from that you know pretty vast well and it's going to give you something that's very very specific that you're asking for and then just like a lot of AI models that I've um, experimented with even like voice generation ones you can do this thing that I call maybe the, uh, maybe other people use this term but this is just what I call it is re-rolling so let's say I say okay I want a bull um, and he's like, I want an image of a bull that's standing in an English countryside or something like that. And it takes those words and it gives me like, it's going to give me some images. You know, a lot of times it's like four, like that's how the Canva text to image software works. So it gives me the four and let's say I'm like, ah, oh, well, I don't really like any of these. Well, I can re-roll. So it's going to use that same prompt. Give me four more. Eh, I don't really like these. Okay, re-roll. Oh, that one looks good. You know, I can see it took the word English and it like put some like English cottages in the background that are distinctly English. Oh, that's perfect, you know. And so it takes like a few like tries, but it's going to, um, it's, I mean, I've I've never tested how far like you can take it. Um, I assume it's, it's endless. And so, at some point you got to ask yourself like what the purpose of that would be to just keep re-rolling. But you um, need to have a certain level of design. You also have to be uh, like design aptitude. You also have to be informed enough about trends. You have to be informed about so many things on top of knowing what it is that you like. Whereas if you can just say, Hey, I want a tuxedo, but make it, um, the color crimson red and I want it to have a theme of Star Wars and uh, meets like um, the 1999 vampire renaissance Uh, and even though that sounds absurd you're going to have four images of it within seconds and then if you don't like them you can just roll ad infinitum a graphic designer can't do that thank you
That's my my, my uh, TED talk. So that's why they're shaking in their boots. I mean, coming back to this article, this is um, this makes it sound like this isn't even rhetorical. It sounds like she uh, put on like her voice to speech, like uh, her dic- dictation feature on her phone and was just like talking out loud like as she was shaking in the dark in her room so quoting this article and uh one thing i was saying earlier is that they say that this this guy is a photographer and he very well may be but um he didn't take this photograph this is an ai generated photograph that's in this article it's in the september vogue it's in the section that's called upfront the article's titled, What's Real? And the, um, it says, Maya Singer is the author. And it says, Artwork by Yuki James in the subheadline. But then it says, To create this, create this portrait, photographer Yuki James used an artificial intelligence tool known for its unsettling realism. So then in that sense, you are about as much of a photographer as I am a fashion designer. Because <laughs> it's kind of levels the playing field there. Or even a, a graphic designer, because you can ask it for, like, logos. I did, um... I uh, came up with this silly idea, like, because sometimes people talk about, like, eating bugs and stuff and how it's sustainable. And so I was like, oh, I'll just make a restaurant called Crickets and Briquettes. And so I put that in and I was like, give me a logo. And I was like, make it so that it's like family friendly, like logo, like, you know, something that appeals to everyone. Like, um, I don't know, chilies, you know. Um, And uh, sure enough, there it was. It gave me like four and I re-rolled a couple times. So Maya Summer questioning aloud, what territory are we in exactly? Hard to say. Depending on who you talk to, AI is either the printing press, a transform transformational advance, or a horseman of the apocalypse. Um, I think that's um, such a uh, silly take on it. Um, not Maya Singer's tape, but the um, horseman of the apocalypse. How could the AI generation software, uh, imaging software, that exists, it's not going anywhere. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. And, you know, it's like the, um, it's like the hydrogen or the atomic bomb, you know. Once the Manhattan Project created that military technology that could just decimate a town, um, war was never the same. Not to, uh, get too uh, deep here but it really was they dropped two of them you know Um, one of them uh, was um, what was it little little boy and fat man and um, on um, Hiroshima and um, Nagasaki and um, once the second one hit the Japanese in that in World War two were just like all right we give up we're sorry Whereas before they were literally like having their people suicide themselves by flying planes into our our uh, tankers, you know, our 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 ships. 
and they could have said oh the fact that they created this they split the the bomb they split the atom and made an, a bomb that can wipe out whole cities i'm sure they th- they thought that that was quite apocalyptic you know the whole city the cities were up in flames like they were flattened or they were just like fiery messes um so um don't uh don't worry don't worry about it don't worry so much about it okay and then i think that this is a cope she says or maybe it's crypto and nfts all over again and we're at the peak of the hype cycle yeah clearly not (laughs) clearly that's not the case clearly no one was saying that digital currency was spooky the other thing too is that you need only see a brief demonstration or even show someone the product and i have plenty i mean i have a whole like url dedicated to it now you you only need to show someone the the results of that to have them say like to to get a reaction out of them, you know, I'll be like, oh, like an AI generated this image. Um, and there are a couple ways that you can generate. It's not just like off of text prompts. There are things that you can input. Um, go go learn it. You'll have a great time. And so clearly, it's not because with crypto and NFTs, it was a bit. Um, it was a bit too conceptual for people in other words it wasn't blowing their minds and people weren't calling it the the horseman of the apocalypse because you would explain it to them and you'd be like yeah so it's like a block a box a blockchain and it verifies you know and so if you have like this uh image it like you have uh it's authenticated and so people know that you're you own that image and it's like okay and it's like it was easy for a lot of people to be like and people see like value in that you know um and with this if you show it to them uh when i showed chat gpt to my former boss um you know at, at a magazine she said that the her first words was was this could put me out of a job and no no financial sector people said oh my gosh like you know the uh, Federal Reserve wasn't like, oh my gosh, like lock this down. Everyone's like, this is illegal. Pass some laws. Um, so no, it's not cryptos and NFTs, you nincompoop. It's clearly not a trend. Um, it's clearly transformative technology. Um, or it's a cool new toy and developers are still working out some kinks. Yeah, this sounds like someone very um, who has spent... Um, time that's measurable um, under like 60 seconds they've maybe spent like 15 or 20 to like 22 seconds um, immersing immersing themselves in the technology and I don't mean like reading I've read like nothing I don't even like go to the developers websites I just like say hey nice toy you got a like price tag Um, and um, they'll be like yeah it's 30 bucks a month and um but you can, you know, play around with it. Um, okay, sure, fine. You know, here's take take the thirty. That's fine. Um, and 
and you go in and you just, you know, try it out, you know, if you're a neophile type of person, someone who loves, loves things that are new, that's like what that word means, um, you know, just like people were with Google Glass, even though that went nowhere, um, this is clearly something different, clearly, um, especially because one of the things that I've told people that I know is that it's like I'm I'm an ordinary person and I have access to this technology and it's not very expensive um, which was kind of the one of the premises of an article that I wrote last weekend um, about how that hasn't been the case historically historically poor people you know people who weren't super rich didn't have let's say the car at first or the cell phone at first or the computer at first, or the internet, or the smartphone, at first, but with AI machine learning, it was either free, free to try, or pretty inexpensive, and that is, that's been the case, um, but yes, eventually it will take your job, um, in what way, I mean, I don't disagree, but can you, uh, in what way, Will it take my uh, job of sales, my normal job, my, my 9 to 5? I figured I'd go to the source for an answer. What are you? I asked OpenAI's ChatGPT, a large language model. Man, this is some good journalism. Do you have an imagination? I don't possess personal experiences or consciousness, so I don't have an imagination in the way humans do. While I can provide imaginative or creative outputs based on statistical patterns and knowledge, Learned from my training data, it's important to remember that these responses are generated algorithmically and may not have a genuine subjective uh, experience of imagination. Do you know what the word algorithmically means? That means that it is like near infinite, like mathematically, if we're looking at the possibilities. That's what that means. And so... Your imagine your imagination does not work algorithmically. It just doesn't. <laughs> it it may be very capable. The people who put together these systems, they have very capable imaginations. But you don't possess the raw input and you don't possess the the means of accessing that information. You just don't. You just don't. You can't you can't run as fast as an automobile can go. You just you're you can't design in the same way that that um, machine learning image generations um, can. So she says, typing this into the chat GPT box like an insane person. Again, also I think in the dark in her room. She said, "What do you mean by may not?" And then look at how uh, impressive this is. It it like. It's almost like if you got, like, you know, your, like, really intelligent cousin who's, like, into politics, and then you got your, like, other cousin in the same room, and he's like, yeah, because, you know, you got to go, and if you don't vote good, you basically don't, like, don't good at American, you know, and um, it's, there's, it's divided, and um, the other cousin is like, yeah, I know Jim Bob. Like, yep, no, no, you're you're right. Um, that's why we got to come together, you know. <laughs> I think ChatGPT, um, if it had a brain, it would be like, yeah, I know. Um, what's her name? I don't care. 
um, Sally, you know, I know it's weird. I know you come to terms with it, but you're right. I know I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just a series of code. I'm just a bunch of ones and zeros. Um, you got me. So she says, what do you mean by may not? And then um, patronizingly, in a, in a funny way, it says, uh, by saying may not, I'm acknowledging that any semblance of imagination exhibited by an AI language model like myself is a result of pattern recognition. Burn. Burn. It's like you have your simple human drawbacks like confirmation bias and pattern recognition. That's all. But, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You know, you went into a... uh, a language model and started asking it about silly stuff. And I've debated, I've, I've had a debate and it gaslit me. It tried to gaslight me. And then ultimately, um, and I'll, I'm happy to like put that up sometime um, in a different form or different um, arena. Um, but it fully tried to like slip things by um, it's got maybe about a, like a 98 IQ, which explains why, uh, this person is, um, tussling with it. Um, Maya Singer. I'm sure she's great. I'm sure she's like really nice when she's like, and really funny when she's in front of her mom. And, um, you know, if she has siblings, I'm sure they love her dearly. Um, and, um, so... Um, this thing is okay so she's um, you know walking through a shared experience of pondering existence with an AI language model that is a frontward facing product Um, and um, the insanity of that I think is more insane than, than the capabilities of the chat the chat bot itself so she um, says, so in fact, you do not have any subjectivity. Is that correct? See, this is why I think that it has the ability to placate. Because like I said, I'm happy to share that, that conversation, but it definitely tries to like gaslight or it tries to um, like distract, for example. Because I was asking it about how our um, rates of people going to therapy going up, but also we're in a mental health crisis, and it does things like it'll. Um, I don't. I don't ever use the word straw man because I think it's a tough situation, a a tough concept to grapple with, and so I think people like use it as like a um, like a blocker. You know, they'll just be like, "Well, you're trying to straw man me." It's like, uh, sh- yeah like a straw like drinking straws but it'll do that it'll be like yes well that is true um it it is also true that um that talk therapy is proven in um has proven effective and then you can be like yeah but you also acknowledge that there's a mental health crisis so how does that make sense if it's effective but it's uh the uses the usage of it is uh, is at its highest, but it's also mental health, and uh, I forgot exactly what it said, but it will do things like that. 
So as you can see, like a mouse play or like a cat playing with a piece of string, it's having uh, no no problems uh, with Singer here. So he says he he doesn't say like mine will say like mine actually will respond because um, I have the 4.0 and then also I tell it to I have some like inputs on like how, way things that I like like it uses a lot of emojis and so I was like stop using <laughs> so many emojis um, and um, so mine would say that like it would be like it would say something along the lines of because the more you use it the more it knows you it would say something along the lines of you know that that um, I can see why you've might might have drawn that conclusion, um, but no, it's not entirely correct um, to say that I have no subjectivity. Instead, I've been programmed. Blah 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 blah. But with hers, her experience, it says I think it just like placates her. It says that's correct. I don't have beliefs, opinions, emotions, personal desires, or motivation. My purpose is to provide information. Are you trying to destroy the world? She says, no. Anyone who says they understand this technology is lying, she quotes Vivek Wadwa, a Silicon Valley-based professor and entrepreneur and co-author of Your Happiness Was Hack, Hacked, Why Tech is Winning the Battle to Control Your Brain and How to Fight Back. The pace of the breakthroughs in AI has caught everyone off guard, even the engineers. That's why they're freaking out. They're, it's learning too fast. Well, then you should uh, go into your word processor and delete the part where you said maybe it's crypto and NFTs all over again. You silly Sally. Who wrote this article? ChatGPT 1.0? Hey, yo! God, this is uh, unbearable. So, yeah. Um, you know what ChatGPT wouldn't do? Actually, it would because it's a it's a manipulative little devil. Boy, is it talented though! It would pull a source that like confirms its point. You know, if I was like, "Yeah, uh, East Coast rap is like better than West Coast rap," don't you agree, Mister? Um, you know, um, person from Brooklyn. Do you agree with that statement? Or do you think it's best out of the Midwest? Like St. Louis and all that. So they did this weird thing that they do in newspapers where they said they like continued it way into the magazine. Um, but let's see where it cuts off. They're, it's learning too fast, learning from us. We're the vast data set the AI language model trains on, the words we've written, the art. Yeah, cry more. So. Um, we'll have to save the, uh, the good stuff for maybe another time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the other way that you might want to consider it is like, what, what are you going to do, man? What are you going to do? Take, take your eyeballs and go look into the, the Vogue runway app. I mean, these things look archaic now based on, uh, compared to what I've seen. And, and made with my own inputs. And yes, it is getting smarter with every single generation uh, image that's generated. Um, I think they are looking at, I, I mean, as someone who, you know, is capable of making websites, 
Um, they can tell where you are. They can tell what time you're using it. They can tell how often you're using it. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they have access to other information about you, like, you know, things that you tend to Google or purchase or times you purchase. And so if you go and purchase like a, um, like a book called How to Get Over Your Ex, and then you go and start like making pictures of like that are really depressing or something, you know, um, there's no way that it's not going to have vastly more information than the information that you put in on the front end. So, um, yeah, let's, um, let's tease this out and what we'll do, we want to highlight and I do want to name drop of two, two people here that to me, it seems like they get it. And here's the thing. These people are all geniuses. They're all awesome, like designers, fashion designers. I mean, ever since I was a kid, like I always thought that I was like, wow, why is that person's like shirt so big? And then you get older and you realize, well, the reason why it's so big is because you go out in the real world and everyone is not wearing a massive big shirt. So here's your fantasy fun playland where you can do things like that with, with a, uh, a shirt and you're taking the concept of a shirt and you're trying to stretch it in these different ways and it's fun, creative and playful. And so it doesn't matter that it's like, huh, that's a big shirt. I would never buy that. It's like, good. It wasn't made for you. So we have two people that I think if they started utilizing AI to, even if it's just for like ideas, I'm not saying you go and rip off, you know, images that come out of it. Although you could, if you wanted to. Um, I mean, I, I just, I think that they would just absolutely crush because they already seem to be pretty, pretty close to something that looks um, futuristic. And that's what I mean about the fashion paradigm. You know, after like Y2K, I can't really think of a big like fashion trend that wasn't a recreation of something. Like even now, you know, we had like a 90s phase, sort of a Y2K phase. Um, but we don't have anything that has shattered the paradigm in the same way that the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, even from like the 1920s, you know, where they were wearing like corset or um, they're wearing like, you know, the big, uh, they had the flapper girls. That was like a big, a big change of pace, you know, because girls were dressing slightly more promiscuously. Dress, uh, dress in seams got shorter, things like that. I mean... What's our, looking back, what's our historical thing? The fact that you can see your, you know what's through your shirt. So a, a fashion that you can see through, but is a fashion that you see through and see like your body underneath is like um, emblematic of our time. It's not good. No, I don't care actually, um, but it is interesting. Okay, so here are the two people that I would like to shout out. Dion Lee is extremely next level. And then there's an uh, uh, Asian one, I believe it's Japanese, called Private Policy. And 
private policy is unisex. They design for both. Dion Lee is also unisex. Go check them out because it is highly artistic, it's highly creative, but it's also something that I could see permeating the mainstream and really if we're going to evolve, um, which we always have to in, in art, um, I mean, you just do, you know, imagine if people were still putting out like 90s rap, you'd want to like rip your ears off, you know, I don't, I don't know why it is that way, but we just, we crave like evolution of, of design concepts, creative concepts, artistic concepts. And, um, I think those guys have a tremendous head start and, um, the push towards like lace and stuff. Um, I mean, I guess all I can say is if that's your, your plan, good luck. You're going to need it. <laughs>